Events for Breakfast, your go-to guide for advice, top tips and events industry insights. My podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest information and expand your events expertise. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Events for Breakfast. Now I'm Kelly Frew, your podcast host, and this week we're going to be talking about event communication planning through a crisis. There's no denying that this week has been a really hard week for the events industry. We were all holding out for that magic 1st of October date when the UK government had announced that large events and exhibitions could recommence. With Covid cases rising, we heard this week that live events and exhibitions would need to stay on pause. Now this news is devastating for the industry, from venues, freelancers, suppliers, agencies, organisations and all types of companies. We've got lots of jobs that are now going to be at risk, even more so than they already were, and businesses that are going to be struggling and potentially at risk too. However, we all do have a job still to do within our own particular events professions, and with so much change and uncertainty, How do you tackle the complex task of keeping your audiences, delegates, colleagues, stakeholders, partners up to date, and not forgetting, of course, our customers up to date with your events plans? Now, I don't need to tell you guys this, but I hope I don't, that a communication project plan is key. And this is key because it proactively keeps you on track with all your events, and even more so right now in time of crisis. Because without that communication plan, where do we start when we know there's so many moving parts? And I'm just going to give you my top line pointers of what you need to think about when you are planning your event communications during a crisis. So first of all, we need to think about our events contingency scenario planning. Now, I know, I know, imagine lots of us have been doing this for the past six months and, you know, we, we were holding out for that 1st of October date and now we've probably made plans and we're going to have to communicate that those plans potentially are going to change again. So what we need to do is look back to why we were doing the event in the first place. We really need to understand what the purpose of the event is for and we need to brainstorm and document all the possible ways we could change and adapt that event so that we can deliver it in the next six months. So things that you're going to have to think about are what are your options to ensure the audience still has a valuable experience? Because there's no point putting that event on unless it's still going to deliver what your original aims and objectives were. Now, for example, this could be a changing element of it to better suit to be online because potentially in the next six months you were hoping that it was going to be a live event. But now we're going to have to switch. So what elements can you change for that event to make it work online? You could look at potentially pre-recording some of your content. So this means you've got it banked. Now, no one knows what's going to happen again in the next six months to people, individuals, with COVID around us, then it might be better to pre-record some of that events content right now so you've got it in the bag so that when the event date comes around whether it is virtually or a small hybrid event then you've got some of it in the bag that's going to be super helpful consider switching your virtual event to an on-demand solution 
Now, why am I saying this? Because what we've learned in virtual events in the past sort of six months is that our delegates at home or wherever they are want that flexibility. So they might want to watch the content, the event content at eight o'clock at night. So whereas you might have been planning a live event in the next six months and you've got that planning pl in place, you might think, okay, well, we're going to take it virtually, which is great. That's step number one. But then step number two, can you, can you make it flexible? Can you put your content online so that people can watch it at different times? And that's across different time zones as well. If it's there on demand, people can pick it up. And then the final the thing that you're going to have to brainstorm when you're thinking about your contingency planning of your event before we even get onto any communications is, is it a case that you've got to postpone it? Is it a case that unfortunately the aim and objective of this certain event was for it to be live and now we can't do that. So it's not going to work virtually for whatever reason. So are you going to have to cancel? Potentially it might just be a postponement for a better date while you work through what that looks like and how you can, you can deliver it potentially online or a very small hybrid event in the sort of next six months. We are talking about communication planning, but where you need to start even before you're talking to anybody and communicating anything is you need to plan all of that contingency. So take your event, say if you had an event planned for December, take that event, you were hoping for it to be a live event, take it and just strip it all back and think about your aims objectives, think about how you can deliver it differently, remotely, online, a small hybrid event, because we can still have up to 30 people together in a business event. So then can you have a small amount of people together and then that hybrid solution through a virtual solution? So I know I've just said it already, but we are talking about planning communications. But how can you communicate with people unless you know exactly what you are changing, what the changes are, and then you can update them? So again, we're talking about planning our communication. So there's changes. We've got to change things and we need to let people know that there's going to be changes. And you might not have all the information right now, which we'll come on to very shortly, but before you can do any communication, you need to understand who your event audiences and stakeholders are. Now, that's a really key thing to think about there. So events are never delivered by just one person. Well, unless they're that superhero that we're all holding out for. But it is it's normally a wide range of people that's involved in pulling an event together, whether that is a hybrid, a virtual or a live event. There is a committee or a community of people that are pulled together for their different specialisms. And what you need to do is make sure that we are thinking about communicating the updates to them individually or as a group and that you've got timely communications going out to them. Now, before you can even do that, you need to map out exactly who these groups of people are and create an action plan, understanding who will communicate to each of these groups and potentially the timescales around when each of the communications will go out. Now, let's just take a step back. What I originally said was that you need to understand your events, audiences and your stakeholders. Now, the different groups of people that you might need to communicate when there's changes in an event might be senior management, it might be shareholders and investors. You've got your attendees, your delegates, they might be your guests or it might even be customers. And then you've got people that are helping to pull that together and they've got their parts to play. So that's your speakers, your entertainers, your facilitators, maybe artists and any other contributors that are taking part within that. 
You've also got your, if it's in a corporate event, for example, you've got your internal colleagues. So you're going to have to talk to them. They're expecting an event on a certain day at a certain time and they're expecting it to look like a certain thing. It's now going to change. So you need to talk to them. On top of that, you've got a whole host of other suppliers helping you pull this event together. And they may be your caterers, your venues, different kinds of agencies, media agencies, your event production agencies, your creative agencies, security for example, if it was a large event at a arena um, or at a conference centre, maybe florists, different hire companies. So you've got a whole bunch of people there classed as your suppliers. Then depending what type of event it might be, it may be that you've got media involved. So that might be media, your influencers, celebrities, press or journalists. So again, there's going to be a change and they all need to hear the changes and they need to be communicated to. And then finally, um, a different group of people that I've, I've put together I think are just as important are maybe sponsors, your partners. So if you've got any brand ambassadors or partnerships that you were, were going to be involved in an event, they're really key. And like I just said, ambassadors as well. So they're, they're all grouped together. As a team, if hopefully you're working on this event in a team, once you've sat down and you've really thought through, you know, what does the event going to look like? What's the changes in that event? All the different scenarios. So it might not be that you come up with one type of scenario um, that your new event might look like or the changes to the event. It might be two or three or four different ones, depending on different things that might happen in the next two or three months. You've then broken down all the different groups of people that you need to communicate to. So these groups of people will all need to be communicated to differently. So how I've broken this down is, what I'm calling this is, know what you are going to say, to who, and when. So once you've identified who your groups of people are, the next step is to plan out what the messages are to each of these groups and how you're going to share this information. So like I talked about, hopefully it's not just you having to do all of this, because if it is quite a big event, then you've got a whole host of different groups of people that need to be talked to. And as a group, as, an, as a group of people pulling this together, you need to sit down and work through the timescales of, of talking about the changes of an event. I've worked in corporate events for quite a long time, and this is really key in corporate events, where if there's changes involved, then obviously there is a bit of a hierarchy around who hears about the changes first. And it might be that you need things signed off anyway. You might need to get certain signs off. So it might be that you need to go to different stakeholders, investors, different um, parts of your committee to go to to get things signed off first. So they're probably your first people that you're going to talk to and make sure that everybody is on board. And think about that hierarchy and think about what is the worst case scenario if one group of these people that we talked about heard about the changes first before another group. So you have to strategize your communications. So when we're working through planning changes in an event and you're thinking about a communication plan to talk through the changes that you're going to put in place, you then need to take those groups and have a time scale for when you are communicating the changes and at what point, who hears what, when. And you've really got to be very clever and strategic about that because you, even though you've got a hierarchy, you don't want to leave it too long before the next group of people hear about it and hear about those changes because all of these groups of people should be just as important to you and they need to be taken through the changes in good time and they don't want to hear it on the, the grapevine. It's got to come from the right way in the right manner. 
you're going to create a great event and you want to take all of these people on that journey with you. So getting that sort of timescales around when you're talking through that change communication, who hears about it first, and then making sure that nobody is left in the dark for too long, as this can do a great deal of reputational damage. There are clauses to that. There are certain people that you'll need to tell because you are brainstorming, you're taking people through things and it is embargoed. But then when you are ready to share it wider, so when you're starting to talk to your delegates, your customers, potentially some of the press, at that point you're going to open it up and you want to make sure that your suppliers and everybody else are here about the changes that you are planning. So it's that, that is really, really key. Now, as we're currently in crisis mode, you won't always know what these different messages and changes are and when they need to be updated, when people need to be updated and when the dates are for sharing. But what you do need to do as a crisis management team, which is something I'll come on to again in a second, you need to prepare the process. So you need to understand as a team that once you know that there's got to be a change, what process are you going to follow to make sure that everybody is communicated to and what that communication looks like and how it is being shared. Things to think about here when we're thinking about that part of the puzzle. We talked about a crisis management team. Now, who is going to project lead that crisis management team? You always need a project lead on crisis management. And it might not be that they're going to do all of the work, but they are the person making sure you've got your checklist for crisis management and you've got your process and they are leading you, they are taking you through, they are updating senior stakeholders, they're taking the committee on a journey. There's always key messages when you're doing crisis communications or changes of event communications. There's going to be key messages that want to be shared and they need to be consistent. So somebody within this crisis management team needs to oversee making sure that those key messages are scripted, signed off and then shared with all those individual groups owners so that they can then tailor and write the copy for each individual group that needs to hear these stories. So what is the sign off process to make sure that your key messages are being signed off and that the tone, the language, the order of the messages being shared, who needs to be involved in that sign off process? That is really, really key. And it, if you don't have that sign off process laid out and the timescales around that and your stakeholders involved in that, then it will all fail. And then let's think about your channels. So if, you, if you're planning an event and you are promoting this event on certain channels and you've chosen Twitter or you've sh chosen Instagram or your internal corporate intranet or any other form of, of channel that you are communicating with people on, is your crisis management comms going on that channel? Is it appropriate? If Where are your delegates? Where are your people listening to you? Where have you drove your customers or your audiences to hear the messages? Because that's where you should be sharing these key updates to them too. That's where they're going to be going to to look for it. Don't send out a communications on email with changes if you've driven everybody to a certain event portal or an event app. Make sure that you're sharing those messages. Obviously if it's suppliers then that's a very different matter. That's going to be individual phone calls potentially, that's going to be follow-up emails. But if it is your guests, your delegates and they're going to expect to be to hear those updates and regular updates on the channels that you've driven them to. So we're talking about a crisis management team. 
obviously I've gone one step beyond that. We're talking about what the crisis management team need to do, but let's just take a step back and think about a crisis management team. So we've, you know, we've all been there. I've been working in the world of cruises and, and hopefully launching a cruise ship soon. And in the past sort of eight months, there has been a crisis management team that is daily weekly, monthly, been dealing with crisis management because it has been changing. And they are following, and we, and I'll say we because I've been part of that, have been following a clear process. And the crisis management team are there to keep us on track with that process. So the crisis management team is a small team, or it might be a large team, depending on the size of the crisis, responsible for coordinating the activity in a crisis. Each person on that crisis management team will have a clear set of responsibilities and the guidelines around what they need to do. And at the beginning, once this crisis management team are formed, they will set out, you will get together and you will set out a procedure to follow and it will be documented and the outline of the processes will be shared with everybody. So everybody involved in that event, even if they're not on the crisis management process, they will know what the crisis management process is and they will know who to go to for each part of it. So that is really, really important. So, you know, you, you, we've talked about crisis management in terms of you've got an event, you've got ticket holders potentially have bought tickets to come to a certain event at a certain time. You're now not allowed to do that event. What do you do? That is a crisis management mode and that's the, that's the mode that you're going to be in. So what do you need to do? And you need to have clear communications internally in order to then go out and talk to people. Something really, really important that we've not quite come on to yet is what does the communication tone and language and feel of that communication look like? As an event, so we are talking about event here, so you've got your event, it's already been promoted, for example, you've already got a look and a feel and a brand for your event. Now, what you don't want to do when you go into crisis management mode is steer away from that brand. The event itself has got its brand. So when you're thinking about the tone and language that you are, and the, even the ways that you communicate, what platforms you're communicating, the crisis management comes on, they should all be dictated by either the, if it's a corporate event, the company brand and values and the event brand and values that you've built around that. If it's a brand on its own, so it's an event that's completely branded and separate all on its own, then again, you've got to go back to that brand. You should stay true and authentic to what that brand messaging would relay. So you don't want to be putting something out that's really formal if it's not in tone and in keeping with whatever brand you have built for your event. Now, I'm going to say that very, very carefully and very cautiously, actually, because obviously, depending on the severity of the crisis mode that you're in, you are going to be very sensitive and respectful around any comms that you put out. So some, some comms will be more formal than others, but it needs to be done in a language and tone that feels right for that brand. Otherwise, all of your stakeholders, all of the people that are, are, be, are listening to that communications and reading that communications, will, will not get it. They, it will not feel genuine to them, and they may even feel like they're being palmed off a little bit. So you've got to be genuine. You've got to go back to the roots of what the brand is saying and what the event is saying and communicate in whatever that tone and language looks like. Something else when we're talking about event crisis communications is that you need to stick to updating people when you say you will. 
So say for example, we've just talked about an event there, a ticketed event where it is it's going to have to be cancelled and maybe or even postponed and a new date is going to have to be set. Now, if you've gone out to your guests, your audience, your customers to say, unfortunately, this is going to be postponed, and we're just working through when that new date's going to be, we will update you by 2nd of August, then they will expect an update on the 2nd of August. So what you need to do, even if you've got no update for them, because you're still working through it, on the 2nd of August, you need to go back out with another statement that absolutely says, completely get that you were expecting an update today. However, we're still working through it, and we're expecting the, fi the finalized new date to be with you in a week's time or whatever that time frame is. Your reputational damage of the brand and individuals will be severely damaged if you don't be consistent and update people when you say you're going to. And that's not even just for customers, that's for stakeholders, that's for your suppliers, that is for everybody that's involved, okay? Because they, you know, you are a community, you're all working on this together, you need to respect everybody because everybody's got their own timelines and their own concerns that they need to work through. So if you've said that you're going to update somebody on a certain day then do so no matter what that is even if it is so sorry not got an update i will communicate again with you next saturday or next week so we've talked about sharing in things on the right platforms we've talked about getting things right in the tone and language we've talked about being very sensitive and respectful now, you may have to cancel an event um, for a reason that is beyond your control, and it might be quite big, it might be quite sensitive. So it's really important as a brand, and as an event brand in particular, to know when to say things and when to not. So I'm just gonna pause there. So if something big has happened, it's not right for you to go out at that time to update people because it's not the right day because people are taking in certain information and they're trying to just digest that and understand it themselves then know when to pause know when to stop know when to then take action and pick that communications back up again be very sensitive and be very conscious who your audience are because there are certain audiences who will expect little updates, who will want updates even through those really hard times. So you, you need to know who your audience are to get that timing right. I can't put that down on a piece of paper or verbally tell you when that's right. You've got to know that by company brand and values, event brand and values, your delegate customer brand and values and your stakeholder brand and values. That's something very, very personal. So that was a bit of a whistle-stop tour really, so if I just go back to the very beginning for a moment, we were talking through event communication and planning for that event communication through a crisis. So I'm just going to go back through again, let's just think about, you need to first of all go back to what the event looks like. Why are you doing this event? What are the objectives? Contingency planning for that event. So sit down as a team now. If you know that the announcement that's been made this week to say that we are, we are not going to have bigger live events going ahead for the next six months and you've got to change your event, then sit down as a team, sit down and write those contingency plans. Write down how the scenarios may play out. What are the different options to you now? Can you still do this event, can you still produce it in a different way and still make it relevant? The second thing we talked about is understanding your event's audiences and stakeholders. So understand all the different types of people that you're going to have to communicate changes to, break them down, give people in your team the different responsibilities to be responsible for updating people, 
Make sure it's consistent though. One person will own the overall consistent messages, but then we will make sure that it's tailored for each group as, as need be off the back of those consistent messages. Work through your timeframes, understand when is right to communicate with people and in what order. Don't leave people in the dark, then make sure that all the public facing suppliers and everybody knows about the changes that you're going to make. And then think about that crisis management team. What are their roles? What's the procedure you follow once you know that there's go there is a crisis or a change that you're going to have to put in place? Work together as a team. Share the document with the whole event committee. Make sure they understand it all. And then most importantly, and I've left this to last because it is most important, communicate in the right tone and language for your brand event values. So we're going through a lot, aren't we? It's a really hard time for us in events. And if anybody wants to discuss anything, if you've got an event that you're working on and you're thinking, crikey, I don't even know where to start to talk to people. I don't even know how I should be talking to people about the changes or when, when is the right thing, when is the right time to talk, then reach out to me. I can help you. I can, I'm happy to sit down and we can, we can work through a plan together and work out what we do know now, what, you, what might change and just do all the scenario planning, think about time scales and work on that project plan. I'm really happy to help. It's, it's such an important time right now and hopefully we, you can adapt your events and, and, and activity that you've got planned for the next six months to make work. So hopefully my next episode will be a little bit lighter. Um, I've got some really good speakers coming up on the next few episodes. I've been shaping them up in the last few weeks and I can't wait to share some new episodes with you. If you want to reach out to me, then my name's Kelly. I run Storymaker Events. I'm Kelly Fruit on all the socials and you'll get me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook and my events. The company is Storymaker Events or Kelly Fruit, and you'll find me. Please do reach out I've been receiving some lovely emails recently just um, asking me to cover certain topics and also questions on certain things and it's been really great to help people out and lots of people wanted to know more about podcasting so please do get in touch I'm loving to hear from you all take care everybody try and stay safe try and stay positive and I will be back with you very soon bye